God just said, God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. So because God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble, humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. I want to preach to you tonight about casting all your care upon Him. Casting all your care upon Him. Heavenly Father, I need Your, your, your wisdom tonight, Father. I ask, Father, that you guide my mouth and my tongue, my, 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 my words. I pray that your thoughts would come through my tongue. That we would understand this passage the way you intended it. That we would see how you see. Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus, I, I bind the spirit of pride from our hearts and our minds. And Father, I pray that You would give us ears to hear what Your Spirit would say. I pray, Father, that You would strengthen us through the Word of God, that You make us clean tonight, that You'd sanctify us, separate us unto God through Your Word. Father, I pray that through the message tonight, You would help us to be sober and vigilant. For Father, we know that, especially in these last days, that Satan is knowing he has a short time and is seeking very uh, constantly and consistently whom He may devour. I pray, Father, that we would not be among them, but, Father, that You would use Your Word to help us to be on guard against the wiles of the devil. In Jesus' name, Amen. You may be seated. My wife and I were driving up to... Hammond, Indiana. To I was going to speak at the uh, addictions hope program, addictions home that they have in Hammond, Indiana, just a few weeks ago. And as we were driving the car, she, I was, she was reading this passage of scripture to me. And of course, we came to the famous verse in this passage. Or there's two of them that we use a lot, but the one specifically that we use, and we'll often see it in. Uh, Christian bookstores or we'll see it on uh, somebody sends out a message or whatever but it is casting all your care upon him for he careth for you but as she read that passage of scripture I noticed that immediately after closing that thought the next words were be sober be vigilant and I told my wife, I said, read that passage again. Read that whole passage again because I think that we often look at this verse of casting all our cares upon Him a little exclusively. Meaning that we often say something like this, if you have cares, cast them upon Jesus. If you are discouraged, cast that care upon Jesus. When you are bereaved, cast that care upon Jesus. When you are in testing or in trial, 
cast that care upon Jesus. And certainly we are not taking a verse out of context to say that because it says casting all your cares. Okay, so it's very clear that all the cares we have can be cast upon Jesus Christ. But I realized quickly as my wife was reading that that day that we often fail to put it into the context of the scripture upon which Peter here, God through Jesus, God through Peter was wanting to teach us an important lesson of the wiles and the tactics of Satan. Because he immediately upon saying, casting all your prayer upon him, he said, hey, be sober. Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking him he may devour. That tells me if I'm reading his thoughts correctly, if I'm understanding the word of God correctly, that I am to cast my care upon him because the devil's looking to devour me if I don't. He's walking around looking for the church member who has not cast their cares upon Jesus Christ. He's looking for the ones that hasn't used this battle tactic to say, hey, I've got a care in my life and I've got to give it to Jesus Christ. And Satan's walking about saying, if I can find that one that is not doing that, I can trap him. He will be separated usually from the flock of God. Maybe he comes to church, but he's on the outside looking in because he hasn't been careful to cast his cares upon me. Tonight, I want to talk about the context of this verse. We want to talk about and look at this passage and find out what, what led up to Peter saying, casting all your care upon him. So we say, look at number one, and we see that, yes, it is casting all your care upon him. And that means any care, but to cast it upon Jesus Christ means to throw it upon him. I think of, you know, when I, I think of words like this, Brother Danny, I immediately think casting. <laughs> casting all your cares upon him. I, you, know, you know, as a kid, I would love to put a big old lure on my pole and to see how far I could cast that lure. The heavier the lure, poof, and as an immature teenager, I, well, I don't think I was ever immature, but as an immature teenager, I remember my, we were, my dad took three of us boys on a school trip, and we went out to the wilderness, and we're way out in the wilderness for three days. And he was loving it because it was quiet away from the rest of the school kids, but we were not interested in quiet at that point in our lives. And so while my dad's trying to fish, the other three of us were taking the treble hooks off of our daredevils, and seeing if we could reach the, uh, each other's boats with our daredevils. Dunk! <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes you'd have to duck, sometimes you'd have to paddle, whatever. But the goal was to see how far you could cast it and still see if we could re see, reach somebody's canoe 30, 40, 50 yards away. That's the idea of casting all your care upon him, is to throw it away from you. But, it says, cast those cares on him, that care. Casting all your care on him. One of the most difficult things to do for us as Christians is to cast our care upon him. 
we like to throw our cares out there, but we like to throw them on others. We like to take the care that's on our heart, and we want to feel sympath- others to feel sympathetic toward us, and so I cast my care upon Brother Hopper. I cast my care upon Brother Bob. I cast my care upon Brother Josh. I cast my care upon Brother Joe. And the Bible says, hey, casting all your care upon him, be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary the devil walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. It is a dangerous place to be spiritually when we don't cast our care on Jesus Christ. I will be the first to tell you that I have failed in this many, many times. I, there's probably just, since I've been in Memphis, there have been too many times where trying to adjust from third world living to first world living, trying to adjust from being the man to a man, amen, trying to adjust from these things, I've cast my care, no doubt, too many times upon somebody besides Jesus Christ. And when we do that, the devil says, there's my man. He's casting his cares upon others. Casting all your care upon him. For he careth for you. There is no one that can solve our problems more Uh, more effectively than Jesus Christ. Number two, the context of this verse is verse 5 and 6. We see in verse 6, verse 7, it says, casting all your cares upon him. But I want you to notice, I want you to back up, and I want you to realize that at the end of verse 6 is a colon. So verse 6 and verse 7 go together. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Verse 6 says, humble yourself, therefore. Where does the therefore go back to? Verse 5. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. When my wife was reading this passage of Scripture, the Spirit of God jumped out and said, the cares that God is specifically telling us to cast upon Him are when we aren't exalted in the time that we want to be exalted. When we are tempted to not submit to whoever God has placed in our lives. He starts off the chapter by first talking to the elders. And he says to the elders of the church, hey, if you're an elder, here is your, your, your parameters. And then he says, hey, if you're younger, submit yourself to the elder. Then he says, verse 5, Yea, all of you be subject one to another. 
And when I have a difficulty submitting myself, not to the elder, although that could be, not to our preacher, but what about to one another? Yes, if I have a difficulty submitting myself to my preacher and the authority that God has given to him, and God's very clear here, he's got a special place in heaven for those preachers who take care of the flock of God, and God says, hey, if you do that, here's what I'm going to give to you, so be careful whom God has put his hand upon, as David said, hey, I will not touch the hand of the Lord's anointed. David himself was anointed, but God had not removed Saul, and David said, if God's got him there, I'm not going to touch him because God's hand is upon him. And where we get in trouble in our Christian walk and in our church fellowship is where God has given us ordained leaders and authority and we don't cast the care of submitting to that authority upon Jesus Christ. Then I immediately become the target for Satan who's walking about, seeking whom he may devour. But he goes beyond that and he says, one another. Because in the church, God gives us different responsibilities. And if I'm in the choir, my responsibility is to submit myself to the choir director. If I'm a Sunday school teacher, if I'm in a Sunday school class, my job is to submit to the Sunday school teacher. If, I, if, I'm, uh, if, I'm, if I'm working in the uh, PA booth, my job is to submit myself to Daniel. No, I don't know. Uh, hey, if Daniel's in charge of the PA booth and I'm up there, my job is to submit myself to him. One to another. And the casting of the cares... That is to be upon him so that this devil doesn't roar like a roaring lion come about and devour us. That casting of the care is specifically, I think, the hardest place that we find is submitting ourselves one to each other. Because we want to say, I'm near equal. I know more about this particular thing than they do. Why am I not in? Who are they to tell me that I'm not right in this area? I've told you the illustration before, but I'll tell you again. There was a time in my life as a missionary in Ghana, and I'm studying the scriptures, and I realize that, hey, that God says when you're a missionary, he gives you a place of rule and authority, and nobody else has any rule or authority in your area because God has given that to you as a church planner, so to speak. And I find out, hey, this is my area. God has called me here. I've started the churches. God has put them under my authority. But yet a friend says to me when he finds out something happened in my church, Another missionary says, hey, Pastor Mike, you, I, I'm, I'm a friend. I love you. I don't want to say this. I'm afraid to say this. But in this area of your church, you are wrong. I believe that falls under submitting yourself one to another. It wasn't just somebody random that just wanted to pick me apart. It was somebody who loved me and I knew loved me and did not want to come to me but felt like it's what God wanted them to do. And now I have a responsibility. Am I going to submit one to another or am I going to cast that care and go to Brother Hopper and say, hey, Brother so-and-so told me I should do this. I don't think he has a right to tell me what I should do in my church. And I go and I go and now I have gotten Satan on the lookout saying, hey, hey. <laughs> I've got an opportunity right here. Somebody who will not submit themselves 
one to another. I didn't set my screen long enough. It blacked out on me. I, I let, let me just get down with rubber meets the road tonight. I, I, I believe in being transparent. I believe the thing that has hurt our churches for so long is lack of transparency. And Preacher's the one that taught me to be transparent as I sat underneath him in, in Bible college and he would l- let us see that he was a real human being. And it made being a Christian and being a preacher attainable. But you know, God asked me to come here. Didn't understand it all. Going through a lot of mental battle, spiritual battle. God, I don't understand you know, all the different things that, that went through my mind. And it was difficult. It was difficult to sit out in the, in the pew. It, it, to, to be frank, no, there, there's great preaching and there's great teaching here. But when you've done it all for many years, it's hard to sit there and just say, Teach me. It's not easy to, to watch somebody else run a church and say, I don't know if I would do that. But God asked me to be here, and therefore I'm to submit to those in authority here. Satan comes alongside me and he says, but you are a preacher. You're a church planner. You have, you have some wisdom. You have some knowledge. Well, you know what to do. I was struggling in my mind this is, uh, during the middle of all this, saying, God, uh, this is, I, I'm, I'm having a hard time. God, forgive me if, if I, I displayed it at all, but I know God came to me and said, okay, so you're a missionary. Read 1 Corinthians, I think it's chapter 5, or maybe chapter 15. Read what Paul said. And Paul said, though I am free from all men, That means he was not under anybody's authority except for Christ. He said, I'm yet am I the servant of all. And then I looked through Paul's life and I found out that with Paul, who was the great missionary Paul, with the authority of so many churches, would go to a place like Antioch and put himself under the leadership of the church in Antioch. And when they said, Paul, we believe God wants this church to send you, Paul said, okay, I'm going. Submitting one to another. Submitting one to another is when God gives me an air of responsibility I seek His face and I do what I can to lead responsibly and through the Spirit of God. But when God has given to somebody else and I don't understand, when God has put somebody else in charge and I don't understand, when I look and say it's not logical that that person should be in that place, God, why didn't you put put me there? I don't go to anybody except cast my care upon Jesus Christ. And He says... For God resisteth the proud. It's a scary thought to me. That when I would come to God in my private time with Him. That God would say. (laughs) That's what resist means. To cast off. To push away. God resists the proud. 
This is New Testament. It's not the Old Testament. But the Bible says God resists the proud. And when I don't cast my care upon him, Satan will find a way. He will find a person. He will find a way that, hey, I've got them devoured. Now let me just make them feel that, hey, others are sympathizing with them. Others are finding their place. And he's going to gather me around me, some, some other people. And I go to God in my prayer life. Or maybe I have a hard time in my life. And I beg God for mercy. And God says, What is pride? Pride is defined in one word, selfishness. What is good for me? When Satan defied God, he did not care that one third of the angels would be damned to an eternity away from God's love. All he cared about was himself. And that's what pride does. Pride doesn't look at how it affects anybody else except self. Whenever self is exalted, it is pride. When others and their, their future and the effect that things have upon them do not come into play, it is pride. But the Bible says, God resists the proud, but He gives grace unto the humble. The best way for me to define grace for to, to you tonight is favor. We're talking about salvation when we say grace. We talk about the unmerited favor of God. It means I don't deserve the favor of being a son of God, but God gives it to me. When God says the humble have my favor. Do we want God's favor on our life? Not just eternally, but temporally. God, the Bible says this in, in, in Psalms chapter 5, I think it is. Psalms, maybe Psalms 5, 9. Thou wilt bless the righteous, and with favor wilt thou compass him as with a shield. When God's favor is upon you, there is a shield of protection around you called God's favor. And God says, the humble, I'll put that favor around them. So the context of the scripture tonight is younger. When you have a difficulty submitting unto the elder, cast that care upon him. Brother and sister in Christ, when you have a difficulty subjecting yourself to another brother or another sister in Christ, cast that care upon him. And don't just 
cast that care, or don't just subject yourself to another, but be clothed with humility. The last time I preached, I think it was last Sunday night. Uh, this has been a long week. I'm not sure, but I think it was last Sunday night. We talked. We talked about. Uh, we talked about being clothed with the with the, uh, the 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 garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness. This also says, be clothed with humility. That means I have to put on humility. I can't just say, God, help me to be humble. I want to be humble. In the morning, I say, God, help me to make a decision today to be humble throughout the day. God, in my dealings with my coworker, who I share responsibilities with, and I can't stand, and I don't know why I'm not above them, and they're not below me, I cast that care upon you, and God, help me in humility not to think of myself more highly than I ought to think. Have to put it on. I don't remember. I, I, I remember somebody in this church, but I, I remember. No, I'm sorry. It was, it was brother. It was when I went to pre- preach in Indiana, and I was sharing this with my brother-in-law. And I said, Brother Matt, I said, sometimes I can, f- it's almost like I can literally feel the spirit of pride go from the bottom of my feet through my body and want to show itself. Any little thing, accomplishment, any little praise, any little bit of, of wisdom from God, anything of God's, Satan even tempts me because God's favor is in a certain area maybe of my life. And from the, I can feel it coming and I start to say, God, please help me to be clothed in humility. God, I want to be humble. I don't want to be proud. I don't want you to resist me. I want to walk with you. I want you to be my friend. God, please don't let the spirit, I bind the spirit of pride in the name of Jesus Christ. Because often throughout the day, I can feel that spirit of pride welling up. It's when I'm thinking about myself. We're all the same. God does not expect that we don't have that feeling. (laughs) And that's why he says the answer to it is cast that care upon Jesus Christ. He is the one who can do something about it. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Satan cared about himself and not all those who were damned to hell through his pride. Jesus cared not for himself, but for the good of others. He sacrificed himself. Pride seeks credit even when it's not his own. Humility seeks to deflect even when he could take credit for what's done. Jesus saved the universe by humility and we will reach Memphis by humility. God says, hey, be sober, be vigilant, cast your care upon him. 
Because God resists the proud. And when you're resisted, you're like that sheep that has gone outside the fold. And the wolves and the lions are saying, he's all alone. I've got him. Has there ever been a sheep that's gotten outside the fold that survived? Yeah. And if the lion didn't come and the wolf didn't come, he assumes, hey, it wasn't so bad, I can try it again. And eventually, he's going to get caught. Maybe he doesn't get killed, but he comes back torn and bleeding and wounded. Let us cast our cares upon him. I was joking with my wife some time ago. And I have to admit, when I, some, some months back, preacher asked me to do a couple things, and I didn't want to do them. I'll be frank. The pride in me said, what? Go from a missionary to that? Go from leading churches to that? I have to cast that care upon Jesus and say, Jesus, when you made the body, the Bible says you set people in the church. You have a reason for that. And God forgive me if I'm so proud to think that I know better than my Savior Jesus Christ. Who sees way beyond what I can see. I can see Right now, he sees tomorrow. I can see a few years in advance, it, I think. He sees eternity in advance. All I'm trying to do tonight is be trans, transparent to help you to say, hey, it's normal for all of us to have these things, these thoughts, these, these difficulties. But if we want to use 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7 correctly. Those are the things that we must cast on Jesus Christ. So yes, when I'm bereaved. Yes, when I'm discouraged. Yes, when I'm tested. Yes, when I'm in trial. But specifically, when I'm not treated like I think I deserve. When I'm not promoted like I think I deserve. When I'm not appreciated like I think I deserve. When I'm not thanked like I think I deserve. When people don't see me as I think God sees me. When people don't uh, give me due as what is due to me as I think they should. When others lead but I believe and I am more capable. What is my response? My response should be in the context of this scripture of spiritual warfare, humility, and to cast my care and concern upon nobody but upon Jesus Christ. My worry, my anxiety, my discouragement, my, my cares, my, my misunderstanding of why somebody else 
is where they are. I'm to go to God and say, God, I give it to you. I'll close with this illustration. I may have given it when I first got here. I went to Ghana in 2006 with six other families. Within three months, we had nine missionary families in Ghana, West Africa. I was, I think, 28 or 29 at the time. Dr. Kalap was, was, was given the authority by First Baptist Church and Dr. Scott to lead the team in Africa. Dr. Kalap, however, at the same time, was, had just come from China and many years of establishing a mission work in China. He at the same time was working on getting one ready for Thailand, and so often he would leave for up to a month or more at a time. We were not there but maybe three, four weeks, maybe maybe two months at the most, and Dr. Kalap gathered me and one other man together who was much my elder in age. He was about 50 years of age, and he gathered him, the two of us together, and he said, Mike, and so-and-so, he said, I, I don't know, I'm going to be leaving in a little while, and I am going to make one of you the leader while I'm gone. But I don't know for sure who it is. But I want you to know now that I'm considering both of you. When Dr. Caleb left, I was not the one in charge. Humility ought to say, I'm 28 years of age. This man's almost 50. He probably has a little more maturity to lead families than I do. But what does pride do? I should be the one. Especially when within the first day of our meetings together as a team, I strongly disagree with one of the decisions the man's making. And I have to admit, for about three days, I was angry, and I was discouraged, and I tried to do my best to act as though nothing was wrong, but I was inside very rebellious. I went to walk and pray one day, and God led me to the verse in Psalms that says, Promotion cometh not from the, from the east or from the west or from the south, but the Lord setteth up one setteth down one and raiseth up another. And God said to me, Mike, if I wanted you to be the leader, you would have been made the leader. It was nothing to do with what man did. It was what I did. And I said, God, forgive me. I went to that man and I said, I'm sorry for my attitude. And every day I just say, God, it's okay. But I want to prepare spiritually. So that if ever I am asked, I'll be able to do what you want me to do. Did you know within about three months, I was the team leader? I hope it was because I cast my care upon him. But I do know that I wasn't immediately perfect in it. Are we casting our care on Him? He cares for us. You know what God taught me after that? 
I became the team leader. I became the pastor of the church. I was pastoring a church of almost 1,200 people, had 13 missionary families underneath me at about 29, 30 years of age, having the time of my life. God asked me after 30 days of prayer and fasting to step away and take another path for my life. I didn't understand it. I followed God. God took me to Germany. God crucified me in Germany. And I looked back later and I said, thank you, God. Because I don't know. If I would have continued down the road I was, if Satan might not have gotten me. Because God knows when we're ready to be exalted. And he says, I will exalt you in due time. We don't want to be at a place where God knows we're not ready to be. Because then when we are, we're the one that Satan is seeking to devour. So tonight, let's cast our cares upon him. Let's be sober. Let's be vigilant. I don't know what area you may have. It can be in your home. It can be at work. It can be in the church. It can be at school. It can be in so many different areas. But let's be a people who aren't perfect, but strive to cast our care upon him. Father in heaven,